Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Portal to the Paranormal. I hope everyone's had a great Wednesday, nearly halfway through the week, well, over halfway through the week now. Um, so, yeah, hope everyone's had a good day. Um, thank you for joining. We have two great guests joining us tonight. Um, they are called the Kinsella Twins, Philip and Ronald. Um, we're going to be chatting to them about a lot of things this evening about UFOs, um, you know, their experiences, their books. So really excited to have these guys on. They appeared at the Festival of the Unexplained last year. Um, and I've been told that they were great speakers. So we had to get them on the show to have a chat with them and find out a little bit more. So let's bring them on and have a chat. So we've got Ronald and Philip Kinsella. Hello, Nando. How, How are you? Are you? Good doing? Evening. Hello, Nando. Good, Good evening. Very well. Brilliant. Um, thank you very much for um, joining us this evening. Um, really excited about this one. The team have told me a little bit about you guys from meeting you from the Festival of the Unexplained last year. Um, just going to say an hello. So we've got Katie. Evening. Thanks for joining. Um, so, yeah, so really to kick this off, I know you guys have a keen interest in the UFOs field. Um, but just briefly, how did that all start for you guys? Um, well, for me, I mean, I've, I've studied the psychic uh, component and also the UFO phenomena. And I guess I've had that for most of my life. Um, for the last uh, roughly around about 40, 45 years. And it wasn't until the onslaught of what people term an uh, what they term as an alien abduction in the winter of 1989 in the village of Master Morten, where we used to live. And of course, it was a terrifying experience, but one that appeared in two parts, one physical and one non-physical. And this then led me into the theoretical applications of consciousness of what perhaps a certain species of aliens may represent. So you know, I, I'm, I know that you don't do yourself any favours by, first of all, claiming that you've had an abduction and seen UFOs at close range, but then also investigating it. But why not? Because it gives you more of an insight. And I think that we have always, me, my brother um, especially, have kept our feet firmly on the ground and tried to analyse and look at this subject matter in a very in-depth, um, Not we're not scientists, but almost like a scientific way of understanding what the phenomena is and the many aspects aspects that we have to look into to determine the, those answers we seek. Mm. Yeah, I got involved with it um, much later. Um, I mean, I had a, an experience, a couple of them in 1982, Philip was present with our grandmother at one of them. 
Um, but you tend to push it to the back of your mind, don't you? You have to because you have to conform to normality. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd be a fruitcake or considered a fruitcake if you came out with what you saw. I only had one, um, they call it abduction. I call it snatching or seeing them once in 1982. It wasn't very pleasant. Um, they weren't unkind. But later on, um, curiosity gets the better of you and, you and you look back and you think, uh, even after seeing them occasionally, the UFOs, up close, Mm -hmm. Not not pinprints. They're up close, close. Um, every seven years or so, and now it's stopped. But you look back and you question, what were they? And of course, mm -hmm. you you're in a mirage, mirage of um, complete chaos because everything you suggest and everything you try and uh, catalogue bounces back because people are negative. A lot of them are negative. You didn't see this. What you saw was this. They weren't present, but they will automatically assume what you saw was what they uh, feel you saw, which wasn't yeah. the case. It's a very multi-complex phenomena, and um, there you are. That's how I, I got involved with it. Um, I, I think and feel hello, also Sarah. that a lot of... Hello, Sarah. I think and feel also that a lot of people also within the Department of UFO Study, some of them have it all worked out, and you don't tread on people's toes um, because otherwise you would be in danger of like upsetting them. But mm. Ronnie and I have always taken a rational approach because we have to be open to all forms of speculation when dealing with not only the UFO phenomena, but also areas such as cryptozoology and elements of the paranormal. Because I have always believed that there are patterns and connections to be made within this multifaceted and very complex uh, you know understanding of, of the unknown as it were Definitely. so with regards to my abduction um, back in the winter of 1989 and interestingly enough although it may not uh, appear interesting to many people we are identical twins and we were born seven minutes apart from each other i'm seven minutes older and i don't know if there's a sense of irony but my abduction happened seven years after Ronald's. So I just have to say, do they have a sense of humor? We don't know. We don't know. We, do, uh, we don't know what the phenomena is. I said to Philip Mantle, bless his heart, our, our beloved publisher, we always say to him that, you know, no matter how deep we dig, how far you go down the rabbit hole, we are always left with a blank page. But it is something, something is happening, something very strange. And they are real. I mean, we, we, we know this because we've seen them, but we just yeah. don't know what they are. And this, mm. this intrigues research and it, it pushes us to uh, look into it further. Yeah, I will say that our last sighting of three massive UFOs had been recorded. And I will state here categorically that on the 9th of April 2016, at precisely 11.15pm at night, we had been coming back from an early birthday meal with some police friends. And I was driving my brother back in my old Rover that I had then, and it was a clear night, the stars were out, it was a Saturday. And as we started to approach uh, where we live from the village on the bypass, we caught sight of these three um, huge white uh, spherical lights that were in a triangular formation. Now, we first thought that it was workmen's lanterns. 
But then as we drew nearer and I pulled the car under what is known as Cow Bridge and wound down the, the windows in the car, I now have electric windows. I've gone up a, up a notch now. <laughs> and I, I did that because I wanted to hear whether or not these objects were making any sound. There were none. And as we neared the house, they were directly above us, uh, very low. 90 feet up, I would now, say. What's interesting is that they were in a triangular formation. It was not a triangular craft because you could see the stars through them. Okay. And as I got out of the car, my man bag started to buzz. Someone's, someone was trying to contact me. And as I watched and looked up, one of the objects, the one to the uh, far left, came towards the one to the front, stopped, maneuvered back. Then they moved into a, a perfect line. They set themselves in a perfect line and then shot off. Now, what's interesting that when we were observing them before they shot off and they did the maneuvers, it sounded like there was no sound. You know, that's the, the kind of like the feeling I when it's said to you that it was as if it had snowed heavily when we spoke and these angelic things were above us. It, it was quite godly. And it's not, I'm not religious, but it sounds godly, but they were very angelic. Um, I wasn't frightened of them, perhaps startled, but there they were hanging 90 feet above us, right above our heads, more or less. And um, the town where we are, it's always busy. It, 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 at that time, there's a pub. There's always cars, there's people, there's something. When these guys were here, there was nothing. It was dead. And they kept begging and pleading yeah. for a witness to perhaps pull a curtain open or or, or arrive nothing mm. it was completely dead and the sound that it's referring to is like when it snowed heavily when you speak it's got that kind of muffledness to it these yeah. became apparent afterwards now what's also interesting about this is that when they had departed my phone rang again and my niece and my sister had also been at the mill and had driven off about 15 minutes earlier than us and they they lived in adjacent villages uh, past our where we live in kempston and it was my niece phoning me when i picked up the phone afterwards and i first thing i said when i saw her name come up she I said, are you phoning about the UFOs? And she said, have you mm, seen them? And I said, they're just <laughs> being suspended right over our heads. And she had tracked them from the village of Master Mortain. She saw them. She pulled her car over. She filmed them on her mobile phone because they were quite high up because when they came to us, they descended. Now, one last thing about this. Very interesting. Well, there were two parts. The very next day, on the 10th of April, slightly earlier, around about, I'd say probably about 8 o'clock in the evening, we had a white unmarked helicopter come over the house very low and circle the house to the point where we had to go out the back and we could see the pilots who were facing us because they tipped a hel helicopter forward so we could see the pilots instead of going round in a circle three times before they departed what's interesting is that um we don't know why and also that we do now know after further research from another um, UFO researcher who is now no longer with us, Dave mm. Twine, who was also a researcher, had proved to us that these UFOs were tracked from them and they've been tracked all the way from the Isles of Scilly. But, you know, it's incredible when you have this experience. No, I'm not saying that, you know, you want to splash it on the front of the national newspapers, but it's like no one wants to know. It's like, well, and it's only years later when people come up and say, oh, that happened. And we're like, oh, yes, it did. Yeah, the thing is also is that when these things moved, I watched them very carefully. I even at that point sent a message. I can't remember if it was, we can see you, my God, you're there. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Nothing came nothing, back. Nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing. They're aloof. But people ask, 
why didn't you pull your phone out and photograph them or, or film them? The point is, in that situation, you're so gobsmacked. And I know it sounds like a cheap cop-off, but you're so startled. You don't know what they are. They are they were amazing. They were huge. I yeah. will never forget the way they moved. The way they moved is the technology of these things, if they are technology, if these are uh, some kind of mechanism or electronic eyes or something for, for greater force or power, we don't know. But the way they moved is the way they moved. I will never forget it. We have got nothing. And, you know, people state that it's super secret military tech. No, no, they wouldn't be flaunting their super secret tech over civilian airspace. <laughs> They're much smarter than that. And what, just for two ordinary boys? No, they wouldn't yeah. do it. It's the way they moved. It was like they were actually on glass, glass. Yeah. they were so smooth oh, wow. and, they just went, and, and, and there was no sonic boom nothing. and the spaces between each craft if, if, i call them crafts each object you could measure with a ruler and they moved in a straight like that because they were independent of one another because we saw one of them moving in a, a strange you know direction to one to the other it was incredible these were yeah. i mean it reminded me of the uh, the reports of the foo fighters not the group of course but the yeah. the objects that have been spotted during the war but these were larger these were uh, well i don't know how big the foo fighters actually were but they they reminded me of them afterwards i thought well these have been reported before they're not they're not they're not uncommon you know they've been reported by pilots and everything but they, there were three of them so that that was that kind of interaction the last one we saw how many one. years ago seven uh, years seven years it's seven <laughs> years this year so we are yeah. bracing ourselves for that next one if there is to be yeah, one it's very weird isn't it it's very weird i mean you, you know it's a bit, but i had thank god i looked thank god i could see them and i studied yeah. them and i looked at them and watched how they moved and you know you're saying about the experiences that you've had um, one of the questions that I, the first thing that sort of popped into my head to ask was, you know, have you ever sort of looked back on it and thought why they come to you? Like, have you ever thought of, you know? No, no, it's an interesting know, point because we're twins and someone stated it's because you're twins. I don't think so, no. Mando. I don't think so at all. No. I think this happens to, it can happen to, to anyone. anyone. I don't know if we're selected or not. If people are, they are. And they will hone in on them. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But the the thing is, is that it, it, they, they made me laugh when they're talking about the greys. Now, I personally have never seen the greys. I have. Goodness. Thank goodness. I have. Seen I haven't them. seen them. But if they're masters of cloning, they wouldn't need twins. Yeah. yeah. The other thing as well is that um, with regards to you know the theory of why they come, why we've had these experiences with them. I, I can't answer that. And then if you say, yes, it's because they're, they're interested in us, that then makes you special. And, of course, people then will take offense to that. We are all special. Yeah. Every single one of us are unique within our journey in life. So, unfortunately, I don't have any answers because even though we've had um, these varied experiences throughout our life you know i claim nothing all that we're doing now is we're trying to piece the facts together to try like yeah. many other good researchers like yourselves and people across the world to to try and find out what it is that is behind this phenomena where it is coming from and of course as i said before you will have people who will tell you how it is but the honest truth is we don't know we have data we have 
patterns, but we don't have a clue yet, even though people will say to you, well, they're us from the future, or that they are from another planet, or that they're interdimensional, ultra-terrestrial, or they're from, you know, a lower level of reality. You know, people are fighting within the UFO community, but I and my brother, like many other good researchers within this world, are very cautious when it comes to looking at the data, the information, and then assessing to see what it is that we're dealing with. And we still have a blank page. We have theoretical models by the way. How can you say what they were? We, we don't cannot. know. It. But I will say, <laughs> I, I will say, and I'm rational, we're, we're like a grandfather, I'm black and white, but I will say that what I saw was, we don't have anything like that on earth. They weren't, I wouldn't imagine they were big enough to hold anyone in them. So people suggested drones, they weren't drones, they were not drones. We are intelligent people, we know what drones yeah. are, you know, they weren't, it wasn't ball lightning, it wasn't atmospheric distortion, it wasn't an illusion, they were there, they were there, but we don't know what you, they were. You know the size, you know, the only way I can explain it to you is that you know the size of a, you know, in a, in a stadium where they have the big lights, yeah, the big yeah. huge lights, the, it's like them, but they were spherical and there were three well, of they, them. They were, they were round, And yeah. they were very well yeah. lit, there were no markings on them, they made no sound. Now, I had my mobile phone in in my man bag at the time and I spoke to another researcher re recently and they also had the phone on them when they had an experience but the furthest thing from my mind was to stop and say hang on a minute I'm just going to put my hand in my bag take out my phone get to the camera and then take a picture for the world to see because shall I tell you something the phenomena eludes even the camera technology, and I was not at that point ready to prove to people, oh, look, here they are. Yeah, but even it. if you had, yeah. they would have said it's CGI. Yeah. You yeah. can't win with it. So what I'm saying is that people want proof, but even if I had, and not that I have, I can assure you, ladies and gentlemen, even if I had, say, for instance, theoretically, a piece of the Roswell material, and I showed it to you here, People still wouldn't believe. I, I joke and say that even if Christ landed in a craft and came down, he'd been stoned before he even reached the Earth. Well, I don't, think it'd, be, I don't think it'd be stoned, he but I don't think the they'd believe it, would they, really? No. I mean, you know, I mean. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of like a, a, a mental cul-de-sac that we've let ourselves down, I think, in, in terms of trying to ascertain what we're dealing with. So I think keeping an open mind and being rational about the whole uh, phenomena and within its varied departments, not just within ufology, but also very interesting within cryptozoology as well. And another area of interest of mine is the dogman, um, which is very interesting. I haven't seen one, but I, I, I there is and the, the Sasquatch, but there are certain I think patterns, connection links that remind us that you know people you know, are saying, well, they're interdimensional, that may be possible. Portals opening, absolutely possible. Yeah. But the phenomena eludes us continuously and after all these years. Right. And you, you said at the time, and I get it, a lot of people say the same thing when they experience things that are paranormal and, you know, not your everyday thing. And a lot of people say the same. They hold back because they're worried about, as you put it, being like a fruitcake or yeah, you know, not your mad. yeah, yeah. people and, still do think we are, yeah. But um, maybe I, a bit of a personal question: What made you come out and share your stories and and go to like the the convention last year at Festival Unexplained? What made you come out and do that? With, with me, uh, you see, the paranormal of UFOs led me down to see a medium <clears throat> twenty five years ago. Our grandmother had passed. 
And I didn't believe in any of it, really, even after seeing the UFOs and that. I just guessed something just blocked it or I was arrogant. But I went to see this medium and she blew my socks off. And this opened up a whole new paradox of um, the unexplained, looking at the spiritual side. Um, it goes into the UFO side, although the medium wasn't really interested in them. She was more interested in past life regression. I mean, yeah. it just opened up a door. And I had my proof. I had my proof. Because after that, I was so shocked. And she wasn't one of these wispy mediums. She was the on, FBI in America. She's not one of these mediums that you see on TV with a crystal ball saying, is anybody there? This is, we know, a farce from the broadcasting corporations to make it look idiotic and to dissuade people from actually venturing down that avenue. This was a concrete dynamite stuff. Do you know what's funny? I walked into a spiritual church, just walked into there, didn't know anyone, sat in the back. And the medium there, she bought through grandma. And the factual evidence was amazing. I walked into another one. I didn't know anyone. The medium there bought through grandma. Our grandmother came through to try and relay any fears of her gone for good. You know, she's mm. passed on. And um, that really started the ball rolling. And the confidence grew as I found the oppression from the entertainment side and the broadcasting corporations the, and i like a good argument i like a good fight yeah. so this is what pushed me it gave me the confidence because i think after those experiences with the mediums with seeing people who are like-minded i became infused with this kind of strength to try and tell people what had happened because it's happened to a lot of people we're, we're not unique in that there's thousands yeah, mm -hmm. I got involved when I had the initial abduction in 1989. I then uh, sought some very well-known uh, UFO researchers, and they were interested in what had happened to us, but that came to nothing. It was only later on when we moved from Marston to Kempston here in Bedfordshire, just outside Bedford, that I then started to attend a UFO group. I had no wish to be someone or you know research this i was more interested in in ascertaining the facts as they were presented and of course there are a lot of dubious cases and a lot of very fascinating cases but what ultimately led um, to all of this was our connection with um, rendlesham i co-authored a book with brenda butler one of the books sky crashed throughout time <clears throat> and that was very interesting and it seemed to me like there was some kind of um, synchronicity. I think with all of us within life, when you start getting involved in these really bizarre subject matters, you begin to find yourself a player that's being moved on a chessboard. And, and, I, and there were cases of synchronicity that started to occur with me. And then this, that, this then led to me being invited to do talks. I must stress and state here categorically that I have never, ever once put my hand up and said, please, can I come and be on your show or your program. They have come to me, and which of which I am very honored because we're all important. So it wasn't a wish to have a name or be someone or look who I am. It's more of a, a really exciting challenge for that truth. And unfortunately, you'll find that the only way that you can get your voice out there is through media outlets today. Yeah. Remember that when we were younger, back in the 80s, it was nigh impossible to get a book published. I mean, we were published by conventional publishers before Amazon came along. And we, were, we were too young then. We were too young then. But it was nigh impossible, you know. And, and now 
thankfully, within this technological age, many wonderful people in the world, young and old alike, can, you know, connect with people and link with people and be someone as long as you have a voice because we're all important. I think the main danger, on, danger unfortunately, within the annals of ufology is that you will get certain people who want to have center stage and want to be the, the, the ones who discover the phenomena and its secrets for themselves. But the um, UFO phenomenon, I have to say here, no one has exclusive rights to it <laughs> because it seems to be connected with each and every one of us individually. And I have to say that fact categorically there. So if there's anyone out there for, for the for, that wants to know that if you want to be a, a would-be researcher or an author or a speaker, well, the world's your stage. You know, if you, you have something important. It's not just that. It's the fact that when you've seen them, and you speak to people quietly, they will tell you of their experiences. That's and right. you think, my goodness, yeah. this is not an, an uncommon, uh, this, this is not an uncommon thing. You know, this, you, you find out my own grandfather, when we were younger, I'll give an example of this, uh, or even poo-pooing, as I said, uh, during the time after seeing what I had seen, we went and even then, I didn't believe in poltergeists. And, of course, at the time, Steven Spielberg brought out this wonderful film called Poltergeist. <laughs> we went into the... It's a cheap, great film. It's brilliant. It's, I do believe in them now, absolutely. I know that they um, exist. But we went into this. They, they have this cheap bookshop in Hounslow. So we got this, this their second-hand books, all their you know, wholesalers, reduction prices. So we were looking through them, and I was laughing at these mm. photographs in this particular book. I didn't I wouldn't say what the pictures were of, but I was laughing mm. and we bought the book to have a laugh. I took it home and um we were staying with our grandparents at the time in Felton. And um I, I was excited because it was in a brown paper bag and I said, Granddad, look, look what we bought. We were laughing. Well he went ballistic. He he went ballistic. He said, Yeah, he said you don't really want to mess with the likes of them. He took the book off us and confiscated it until we left it to give it back. But uh, that was an admission. Mm. That, I, that was an admission. Yeah, I think also looking at the UFO phenomena, and I and I have to address this point also with regards to psychic phenomena, a mental uh, phenomena, consciousness. We have to understand now that as we go into a new age of awareness, that our attitudes towards the UFO phenomena have changed. Because back in the 80s, everyone believed that they were physical nuts and bolts craft. And you'll get people saying, yes, that's true. Well, of course they come in as nuts and bolts craft. But now, interestingly, and something I knew back all the way back in 1996, is that there appears to be some type of interdimensional or ultra-terrestrial connection links with this. So when we try and imagine that a ufo is flitting through our vast expanse of space um you know that's going to take forever even at light speed you know we're discovering now that we have to change our thinking and our attitudes when we're addressing the research with regards to the phenomena it is multi-complex multifaceted but it's interesting for us to now speculate even further and looking to areas that were not dreamt about you can talk about back in the 1980s it's very interesting yes i mean as we said it opened up all these avenues and when i'd seen this medium she befriended us so she did pass that for question she's a brilliant medium but we also i know it's very naughty but we also used the Ouija board. Now, we we used it very carefully. This is interesting what happened, because we even then, I, I guess there was a stubbornness in me. You know, I had my proof from the medium. I had my proof from seeing them. But the Ouija board, so we wanted to 
contact the people on the other side. So what I did was we made a makeshift one at the time. It was just an idea I had. So we cut out bits of paper with the letters on and spread them out around the table and had a, a glass in the middle. Now, the trouble is, every time we moved it, the bits of paper kept falling off. But we got <laughs> we got round it. And yeah. we had a friend with us, a very, very, she's an academic friend. And she didn't have anything to do with the board. It's me and Philip. We don't lie. We were using it. And we started making contact with something because it was moving rather jaggedly across the table, first of all. And I can't remember exactly what it was saying. And I said, hang on, this is nonsense. We need proof. So I said to Susan, I said, Susan, take a bit of paper and pen, write something down, go out the room and write it, put it in your pocket and come back in. So she went out the room with a bit of paper and pen. She wrote something down and obviously put it in her pocket. And I said, right. I said to the board, you would tell us what she has written down. This is my ignorance. And um, it, it actually clearly spelled trickery. And I said, no. I said, you will tell us what she's written on that piece of paper. Well, she came back in and the, the glass started moving. This was at the time of the Star Wars film coming out, George Lucas's wonderful Star Wars film with Darth Maul in. Because... We don't know why it did it. It just went D-A-R-T-H-M-A-U-L. Well, Susan just stood there and looked shocked. She went white and she pulled up the paper, Darth Maul. And I remembered it stating afterwards, it actually said, satisfied. I was uncomfortable because it couldn't read that piece, but it damn well couldn't read that bit of paper. So it's obviously connected to her mind. Something was connecting. This is what gave me the impression that it was phenomenal. Any other further attempt was thwarted by it because it wasn't going to respond. It's like it's like a performing bear, isn't it? So it wouldn't respond. But that troubled me. But it also opened an insight into more intriguing things of what we're uh, getting ourselves into. Mm, yes, yeah. so I think also that the psychic conscious level of understanding was realized on the 8th of June, 1998, when I not only had been researching psychic phenomena and ufology, but also Rendlesham. And we did an experiment, a psychic experiment, that seemed to work and bring a UFO in the Capel Green area of the forest on the 8th of June, 1998, at 10.15 p.m. Note that the lights that we saw here was 11.15 p.m. We didn't ask for we them. We didn't ask for them. But this promoted the appearance of this very unusual object that was clearly visible and something yeah. that has been documented. So we have to ask ourselves this question. Is the phenomena able to link into our minds, which I believe it is? It is, yes. Yeah, and it's able to access through here, knowing what you're thinking, or it will present itself in a way that you can best translate it as. So there is an in, there is an interconnection with human consciousness and this phenomena that seems to be closely associated with the links with us. I have stated about these aliens that when I had my encounter back in 82, when I saw them, um, I figured much later, because it became evident to me that there are so many different species of aliens. Hmm. Is it possible? I'm not saying it is. I'm not going to tread anyone's toes. Says we're entitled to our own belief because we don't know. But is it possible um, that they are using our minds to project what is in vogue? Some will see the grey, many will see the greys. Some will see mantids, some will see hooded monks. Um, in my case, it was the doctors, although they weren't natural looking. They were armoured, 
they were like doctors because that portrayed authority. At the time I was small when they captured me or took me up, it was authority, you see. I was frightened of policemen, of doctors, so they used that, I gather now, to project this scene of them in a theatre as doctors. And, um, it, and so it is, you know, it, it's just a theory. I mean, I know Jack Fallet has mentioned this. He, he, it's not original because he actually did mention basically this masquerade, you know, but is it possible they're using our minds as tools to their advantage, rather like master magicians? I've mentioned this in my book, I believe, as well. Uh, looking at the doctors, they're, they're, they arouse suspicion through being just that, because I have read of many other cases of people seeing doctors, although my, mine were armoured, they were masked or fully masked, very formidable. They weren't unkind, but they even spoke pure British I mean, the one who spoke to me had a, a middle-aged authoritative voice. So later on, much later, you question, that's not what they are. Something mm -hmm. is meddling with us. Something is taking control and portraying these elements, which may not be true, as I said, like magicians. I think also, interestingly, let's take this in a slightly different area. Mediumship is real. Uh, you know, with the genuine mediums, yes, absolutely, totally. Real, yes. Now, when I went to go and see this amazing lady many years ago, I've written books on psychic phenomena as well. She told me that I had a North American Indian as a spirit guide. Now, what's this got to do with ufology? Just bear with me one moment. So I thought, well, she brought all the other information through. Absolutely amazing. She wiped the floor with me because I w I'm very grounded and she knew I was there to test her. She, oh, I didn't need any more testing when she finished with me. Trust me on that one. Her evidence was absolutely <laughs> impeccable. However, I meditated and I asked, you know, okay, so you're, wolves, uh, so you're a North American Indian. What's your name? I meditated and I had the image of wolves and North American Indian playing a flute. And I thought, wolf song, wolf song, is that your name? You need to prove it to me. The next day I went to work. This Canadian guy comes up wearing a leather jacket and underneath his T-shirt is a... a a print of wolves and a North American Indian playing a flute. Now, wow. my question is this. This is a very interesting question, and no one can answer it. And people say, oh, no, it's this or that. But is it possible that we, through the human mind, when we are told something from someone else, that we actually create that as a reality? So ostensibly, I have created a, a spirit guide through the suggestion of someone else that is now part of my personality and because of the infusion within ufology of this huge uh, you know flux of sightings that the phenomena seems to integrate on this level of belief that becomes a reality because if you think about it we have a mind we have consciousness yeah a mind creates everything created around us has been imagined from the mind you understand so we could be dealing with multiple levels of reality operating on different frequencies of reality and awareness and this is interesting isn't it because you've got to look at both sides of the coin here yeah the yeah. trouble with that is i didn't ask for the doctors i didn't i didn't think of them i wasn't thinking about anything of the sort i wasn't interested in ufos when i was younger i had no interest in them nothing other than what i wanted to pursue which was doctor who and science fiction and of course they will use that against you saying they're over imaginative that was the big thing when i was younger you're over imaginative you imagined it i found oh. it insulting i mean you know because so we didn't ask for that so how can it manifest 
if you are not thinking about it. So this is a direct force, something independent, something close and connected to us mentally on a mental yeah. level. It's something that knows us very well. He, the doctor, even knew my name. And interestingly, when he first, his first line he used, he used my name. He called me Ronald. No one calls me Ronald except when I'm in trouble. They call me Ronnie or Ron. He yeah. called me Ronald. So they know us very well, but not well enough in the respect of, you know, our mannerisms, like how we would address someone. Uh, they only know it from from a kind of clinical kind of yeah. side. To it. If, if you get the gist. I'm yeah, I'm I, get, I, get, saying, I get it. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's amazing, you know, the, the stuff that you're explaining. Um, just to go to some of the... Uh, comments just to oh, on. so we've got Chris coming in saying hello he's one half hello, of Bonkers. Uh, great show um, we got Jenny that's joined I don't know if you saw her comment Fantastic hello Jenny from she's a twin as well um, wow. she's, she's also a paranormal researcher um, she's got her own team uh, Emerald Isle paranormal researchers and she does um, shadow whispers in the night podcast um, and she loves the UFO stuff, so she's really into all this. Um, we got Victor uh, Santiago from the Don Vic Show saying hello to you guys. Hello, Victor. Um, thanks for joining. And then we got um, we got Jim. Uh, he's saying hi as well. Um, hello, Jim. And then going back to Chris, um, he put a lot of UFOs and unmanned. It's safer for them that way. There have been a lot of UFOs seen in the area of Bigfoot. Very interesting guest tonight. Thank you. Um, great guess, but brilliant. Um, and I've also got yeah. a question from Jenny. Um, if I can read that to you, if that's okay. Um, so she's asked, can I ask um, you what are your thoughts on what's happening in America with the shooting down of a possible UFO? Have you got any thoughts? No, we, we have. Unfortunately, we don't have any idea. Um, it's very muddled. Um, we're not told anything really that's substantial we're just given bits and pieces i'm sorry we, we can't answer that i we don't we don't know what it is i i think and feel that if it is what we call a ufo um then of course the authorities will not tell us now what's interesting is that through this subsequent I'm, i assume we're talking about the the car-shaped object that crashed the recently balloons. is that right no it's not the balloons they were they were separate cases is that i think correct? there was, was, think there was a, more than one case one, Correct. I yeah. Say, I think it was like a weather balloon that they confirmed, yeah. or something but along those lines. One of them, one of them was like a octagonal or rectangular object that crashed. Um, and I and I will say this: that you know, even if it was a UFO, the authorities wouldn't tell us. That's that. right. I would. just I just say here also what was interesting is that when these balloons were floating around the skies, what did the media use? UFO. Now. People say, oh, yes, it means an unidentified flying object. Hang on just a minute. We all know within the paranormal and UFO field investigations that UFO has never been used on the media circuit the way it was then. UFO mm -hmm. shot down. What now? I know you get conspiracy theorists, and that's a horrible word because it turns the finger of a doubt upon the inquiring mind. It's a psychological weapon. But they're going to say, oh, you know, it's because of a faked alien invasion. I'm not going to go down that road. I'm just going to say that it's very curious that the national media on the news channels here in England and in America were using the acronym UFO. Yes, I that, thought that was that strange. That was very strange. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. as much as 
in the dark as anyone else with that. We don't know, but it, it is what Philip said. It is interesting how using UFO, I must admit, I was surprised. I think we all were surprised by that because they've never used that before. And they've always no. ridiculed the subject matter. You watch, you go back into the media outlets and how they, and I've been at the raw end of that on, on television before, I can assure you of that, where they would denounce it, they'd take the mickey out of you. And now, hang on just a minute, all of a sudden, everyone's an expert. You know, have we? Why would they use that? I, I think, coin that phrase. I think the system that we serve, that those echelons at the top of the symbolic pyramid. I'm not going to get into the Illuminati or anything, but there are masters at the top controlling and pulling the strings of the puppets down here. They think that we are all thick. They think we're stupid. They think we have short memories, like we're goldfish in a bowl. Hang on just a minute. There's a lot of good people out there that recognize the fact of how they subliminally change and alter things within the media outlets to try and get through to people's heads. UFOs? No, there's no such thing. Hang on a minute. We just shot a UFO down. Where are you coming from? Yeah, but uh, yes, I but don't I don't get it. I've heard of this smoke screen of them, you know, planning a fake aid innovation. Yeah, I no, no. That doesn't surprise me in the future. That that might be a possibility. We've got some clever people there who could think ahead of what these governments or the controlling elite would do. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. I mean, I don't trust them anyway. No, not you know, do I. How can you trust them with anything? Mm. So a fake alien invasion might quite be on the agenda, if if not now, later on. You yeah. know, I, 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 I don't think, know. I think and feel also that with regards to those at the top, it's, and I'm going to say this, I have to say this, it's the national media, the AOL department, all of them that are subliminally drip feeding not for all of us on this program listening watching whatever all important but they're drip feeding into people and you can see it a mile off when you look at it you can with see politics, the way they're it? trying to yeah. sway opinions okay. and sway human perception and consciousness so you know all those things that they considered are conspiracy theories are actually conspiracy realities um so i'm not sure will there be a fake alien invasion it is possible with a lot of the uh, holographic technology that they have in use today but go back and just remember that that was very strange in the annals of television networking ufo yeah but yeah. it's true they i mean if they shot one down they're not going to tell anyone no roswell whether it happened or not, I do believe it did happen. I believe something exotic, something unusual crashed there. Look at the look at the, the loopholes in that. And they denied it completely. They denied it and denied it. So they would never tell you if they've shot down UFO. This must be for another reason. That's right. And and the Roswell, right. remember, ladies and gentlemen out there, it was a an experimental mogul we weather balloon so secret that the army didn't even know it had bloody crashed well they were <laughs> photographing the super secret weapon on tv the bits of it you wouldn't do that if it was super secret until you the know, local farmer. very strange we can't trust the authorities no. they can't be trusted they even lied about that they announced that they were in possession of a flying disc and then they quickly retracted it to say that oh hang on a minute we, we've got a weather balloon so yeah, it's, it's, yeah. you know sheep farmer took the debris to <clears throat> you know one of the sheriff wilcox <laughs> And you know the army; it was so secret they 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 didn't even know it was existing. No, so, I, I believe something. Oh yeah, crashed. Oh yes, uh, something exotic. Anyway. Brilliant. Um, I've got another question. This is from Matt Barron. Um, great guy. He's um, paranormal consultant, part of the P3 Parent Family Power Crew podcast. Um, just want to give a quick shout out. Well done on getting your new job to um, as well. Absolutely fantastic for you, Matt. Pleased for you. Um, but he's asked, do you believe that the media and governments 
aren't open about UFOs because of mass hysteria or something more dark? Something more dark. I don't. I think people, we're intelligent enough. There won't be mass hysteria. There's no. There won't be any mass hysteria. That's an illusion, a fallacy. It's something more dark. I mean, uh, Georgina Bruni published a book, didn't she, um, years ago called "You Can't Tell the People." Well, apparently she approached uh, Margaret Thatcher and asked her the uh, situation of UFOs, and the Prime Minister uh, basically said to her, "Firstly, get your facts right." Well, she knew she couldn't. But when you do get your facts right, you'll know why we can't tell the people. Now, to us, that sounds very dark. That doesn't sound very nice at all. So they evidently know something, something about this, what we don't know. I mean, <clears throat> forgive me for stating it, but the research I've done into the past encounters of these things, I've come to the conclusion that this is not love and light. Now, I don't want people to knock me for it. If you believe that, that's fair enough. It's only my own personal opinion. Mm -hmm. This is not something we're dealing with love and light. I had someone stating to me that they're having fun, they're, they're, they're enjoying it. I don't believe that at all. I think what we're dealing with is something very, it could be ancient, it's patient, and it's been here a long time. It knows us very well. Um, what it is, we can't say. What they are, we cannot say. I don't believe, as I said, the greys are a species. I believe they are projected as in vogue. They became very popular after close encounters of third kind. I know they were described before that, we know. But somehow the film industry has emphasized them or tried to at the time of being good. Now, S Steven Spielberg's film was amazing, brilliant, beautiful. And they did them more curtly and kind. But as you get older and we move on, you, you tend to find that a lot of the cases involving them are very unpleasant, especially what I've documented or recorded from um, people who've had experiences with them. As I said, personally, I thankfully haven't seen them. I don't wish to see them. Um, uh, but they seem to get out there so nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you get near a UFO, run, run yeah. the other way. Don't, don't, don't get near it. <laughs> but this is the direction we're taking, and we are actually attacked for it. Um, some people have um, attacked us for it because they are of the love and light. Though, as I said, if they believe they're from the future, mm -hmm. that may be so. I don't know, but to collect DNA samples would be quite foolish of time travel. Let's explain why. Now, I'm not saying they don't come from the future. If they did come from the future and they were collecting DNA, they wouldn't pick this time. Time travelers wouldn't. Did not being disrespectful and putting it candidly, we are medically soiled. They would pick a point when we are purified, when we are pure, medically pure. The DNA is whole. Mm. You see, so if any anyone questions about the biological approach or modern day Noah's Ark for the future, we can dismiss that completely. Travelers might be yes, but it goes on and on. You know, if you if you don't conform to their narrative, then you are attacked or you are ignored or dismissed. My answer to that, my thoughts on that, is that we are dealing with a multi-complex phenomena, one that doesn't operate on the parallels of what we have been led to believe. I think a lot of the sensational cases that have been published within the media circuits has led the public to believe that we are dealing with very physical nuts and bolts craft, with very um, organic um, beings that are coming from another planet. The truth is far stranger and far more complex and certainly within my research, my investigations and theoretical models surrounding the abduction phenomena, suggests that we're dealing with something that is able to bring us and people outside of our main frame of reality through a process that, you know, still eludes us. 
And this is why looking into the abduction mm. phenomena closely parallels the NDE, which I came out with and was published back in 1996 uh, in an article called Spirits in the Material World to deal with the abduction phenomena, how they may be able to bring us for our real essence of what we are into their filled frequency of reality, thus at no time, communication through telepathy and, you know, all this, this mirrors the near-death experience. But people don't want to know that. And of course, then we go, if, if we go into the way that the media have, have, have announced the UFOs or projected it through ridicule, how are they now going to tell the public? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, UFOs are real and so is alien contact, but not quite the way that you've been led to believe. So I believe that the phenomena, there is a much darker aspect to this. And I think this is something that the authorities are willing to hide. Now, this is not what a lot of people want to hear. They want to hear the love and light. And I'm not saying that there aren't good ETs out there somewhere. What I'm stating here is that a lot of the phenomena that goes on is not good. You, you take a completely different subject matter of poltergeist activity. I have been in the presence of a real poltergeist on one occasion, trust me, in broad daylight. So I know they're real, but we don't know what they are. The, the, so, the, 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 that's interesting about the, the goodness of these aliens and what people are saying love and night, because I, I actually addressed this issue in my book um, a few years ago, where, you know, the abductees were claiming about atomic uh, warfare, the, the aliens' concerns, or what they assume to be aliens' concerns for atomic warfare. And I argued, well, hang on a minute, if they're so concerned, all they need to do, because they're so advanced, they could do it, just nullify all the nucleus, the missile silos, nullify them. Uh, we build more, they nullify them again, we build more, they nullify them again. They've, we've won, they've won, they've won. But, you know, they've cured the problem. People keep saying to me, oh, they have shut down silos, not permanently, they may have shut a few of them down. It's an illusion. To my mind, it's an illusion. They're making out their concerns. This It doesn't make any sense if we think about it. If they were so concerned, they would whip around. They don't have to be known about, you know, they nullify them. The, the, the military are scratching their heads. They build more, of course we will, and, and so it is, you know, but they've done nothing. It's like, it's like a little taster. And then people say it's because they're not allowed to involve themselves with our affairs. Well, they're already doing that by being here. They contradicted that straight away. So that you can see why we are left scratching our heads and thinking something just doesn't add up with them. There's something not right. Mm. I like the amazing. comment as well, too, from Antarctica, because that's another area just recently. That's that off is, limits, isn't it? Yes, that is an area which um, is of great interest and very little information has been forthcoming. And of course, the way that we understand it as uh, researchers or investigators is that, uh, you know, a lot of the people who had gone there, these, you know, top people, we're all top people to some degree, but, you know, those known within the world, um, seemed quite fearful so you know it always and i know i've got a joke here i do have a wicked sense of humor it reminds me of the thing by john carpenter and i said if there's anything like that around i'm going to get off this planet i don't care how i'm going to do it I'll get off it because i don't want any of that funny business going on yeah <laughs> um, now you know from your experiences you know and as you grew in age you know you get wiser you you learn a lot more you know, what kind of, re uh, how have you done your research to piece together your experiences and, you know, what further research have you done to understand the world of the UFOs and, you know, what it's all about? What kind of things do you guys do? 
Well, we, we are linked with and very honoured to be linked with some of the uh, top minds within ufology, not just here in England, but America as well, too. And I'm a thinker. So, you know, a lot of the times I will, if there's something that's a problem or a challenge, then I will set it to one side and see theoretically here of, of what can be made of what's going on. So basically what happens is that I formulate, I have formulated several models or theoretical models, certainly with the greys and the, the question of cloning and also the interdimensional hypothesis and how this phenomena is able to morph itself into our reality temporarily or bring us into their reality. So it's it's very highly structured, but most of the time I'm more of a thinker, um, and Ronnie is as well too, where you take a step back and you try to look at patterns or areas that people aren't looking into. It's, all, it's a bit like the media, isn't it? They're always saying, always look the other way. Don't look at what the media are telling you because they're turning your attention away from what really is going on. I love yeah. puzzles. <laughs> I, I love puzzles. I mean, in puzzles, I mean video games like Tomb Raider, the original oh, one. You know, so it gets your mind thinking. So it's like puzzles, you know. It's like, I, take, I think we'll take after our grandfather because, you know, he was analytical in some ways. So you look at it like Sherlock Holmes. I know it's fictitious, but you look at it and you think, well, hang on, something doesn't add up here. You're hearing how I gain my uh, research is through my gut feeling. It's through my gut. You know, you, 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 you look at these things and you listen to certain things. You think, this is not right. This can't be right. I'm not going to diss them. You know, I'm not going to face them and say you're wrong because no one knows we no. don't know and if you're honest you don't know there is something here with us something perhaps many things but we don't know what they are and this this is beautiful in a way because it's like a, a mystery and we, we like to try and get uh close to what we can try and call whether they're alien or if it's a force and intelligence interdimensional from the future from antarctica you know you know i know sometimes people get the fingers burnt we've been warned you know you, you must be careful what you dabble with and sometimes that is quite appropriate you have to be very yeah. careful the ouija board's an example that did frighten me actually using that because something could yeah it could read minds you know mm -hmm. I, I i stupidly thought when she held the paper out they read what was on the paper but again through wisdom and as you get older you think no it couldn't i don't think it could read it did ever was it go to spec savers get pair of glasses <laughs> good look at it you know no it's using the mind they're using their mind and the ufos that appeared above us in 2016 we weren't calling for them so this completely throws it back into question because one minute we we feel that you're manifesting these things and other times they're entirely independent i think that you know in terms of a theoretical idea this is very strange for me because in my early years i was very much and still am involved within ufology and my ideas have changed throughout the the years uh you know i think that's a good sign we're not staying rigid with our thinking but then also no. the psychic phenomena then also presented itself to me and of course what happened was that i had this flush of inspiration or this insight uh, which showed me to some level that we may be dealing with a force, and I am talking about the greys here, the yeah. abduction phenomena that is very different from this spaceman type hypothesis that we've been led to believe. One of the questions we need to ask, and I know there's a lot of arguments, is why would a species, I have kind of like theorized this, 
but why would a species that cannot replicate, reproduce, be interested in a program of replication, in hybridization? Now, this is the area that I started looking into because I thought about that and I started writing about it. And I have, I'm not going to mention them here, but I have come out with a few theories that goes beyond the spaceman type hypothesis that we've been led to believe. The other areas that we have to look into is, you know, are our establishments of power in co working in coalition with these ultra terrestrials or interdimensionals? That's a very good point. And if they are, well, it just goes to show that something somewhere's gone wrong. And lastly here, People say, oh, you know, they're this or they're that. But if we look at our own species, and we, we're honest, we're very honest and black and white. People don't like honesty. They like half-truths or lies. We're not a nice race, you know? <laughs> I mean, you can clearly see that. You're, so, you're speaking as a whole. A lot of, as, there's a lot of good people out there. No, I'm talking about a lot of good people. Mm. But I'm overall, if you look and see what's going on in this world, regardless of the UFO phenomena present, and see what's always been going on, you know, it's any wonder that these other forces, whether good or bad, keep their distance from us. You know, we're always waving the white flag, but then, of course, we're here to conquer and rule. So, you know, we have to look at all avenues with regards to what we're dealing with. But I think and feel that to some level, definitely, it is not good, most of it. And no matter how many times people try and glam it up and make it look really nice or lovely, you know, so that's that's what I feel. Mm. And with regards to, like, UFOs, you know, appearing on well, on Earth, do, do you have a theory of what they're doing here, what... Do you think they're researching us or what What do you oh, think their purpose is to oh, come and make contact and things like that? Well, something's watching us and whatever this is, they are aware of us um, very, very intimately in a way, even through names. I mean, the doctors that I experienced back in 82 uh, portrayed that quite beautifully. Um, they're watching us. I think there's something going on. This tagging, you know, uh, that happens with people. I don't know what they did to me. He was harping on about an operation. I was terrified, but they were going to proceed with it regardless. I was powerless, like a fly in a spider's web, you know, in, in their power. They weren't nasties, I said, but they were very authoritative and pushy. But so if they put something in me, I wouldn't have never known. But I said, if they are chipping people, uh, wouldn't it be amazing because I suggested that this chip not only tracks you, it's possible that it might be able to allow them to see everything you see and hear everything you hear, if this was what they were doing and if this is a chipping program. So it's like the invaders, isn't it? That We would be super spies for them. They could just sit back and watch and hear everything on a daily basis. You know, no wonder they know what's going on. You know, no wonder they're well acquainted with world affairs, or they appear to be. And also the fact that they mix things up, whatever this force is or whatever they are, they're mixing it up because some people they will take and show them the destruction of the earth and horrible elements of the future, whereas others will show them quite rosy pictures. You know, it's as if we're being muddied, the pool of um, evidence is being muddied. It's as if all the contacts, they know contactees will gather together or publish their works. So if, if it's a mixed bag, 
then we're going to be left scratching our heads. So this force is confusing us. It's thwarting us in that department. It is logical. It is thwarting us. This is what it's doing. For whatever reason, we don't know. Um, it may suggest that they are limited in number, they're weak, and they need this kind of technology or this surveillance to gain whatever they wish to gain. I don't know. But, you know, it, it, it leads you down many avenues to consider. As I said, we don't know, but it's interesting to speculate nonetheless. I will state here my own thoughts, because Ronnie and I do have different thoughts. Yes, we do. We argue a lot. Yes, we do. And that's good. <laughs> we argue. I think yeah. that is it possible, and we have to look at a larger picture here, that I believe in incarnation, reincarnation. I'm not going into the religious religious ideologies. I believe they're all part of a, a super force of conscious awareness that operates on multiple levels of reality. And that that this life is not the only life, and that we're seeing part of the puzzle, the picture here. People don't understand that, you know, because we walk through life, we've only got a temporary uh, timeline before we expire. And I believe that there is much more connected to that. But is it possible that once again, within our human evolution, we are unfortunately at the end of the scale of perhaps total destruction, that we are going to wipe out our own species, and that like some modern day Noah's Ark, that some of these ultra-terrestrials, interdimensionals, whatever, are, are collecting information, data, genes, material, to create a new genus to exist somewhere else beyond another uh, you know, world beyond this one or dimension. I don't so, believe that. No, I know, but it, we have to be open. <laughs> I can see but, it in your face. But, yeah. but we have to be open to, it doesn't mean to say that well, I, I know, I know. believe that. I know. We have to be open to all forms of speculation, however wild or wacky. You know, yeah. so, you know, we go back into the biblical times. And I'm not going to go into ancient Mesopotamian and even the, the, the sacred writings of, of extraterrestrials that apparently had been responsible for our human genesis, which most of the scientific community will hate. But there was a Noah's Ark then. And, you know, and everyone believes that within the scriptures that all this did happen. So we have to be open to the fact that, you know, if that we have been created, which I believe by something vastly more intelligent than us, it's going to worry that perhaps we, the children of this planet, are going to end up destroying ourselves and that we will salvage most of that hard work that's been put into it and take it somewhere else. A modern day <laughs> Noah's Ark, you mean? Who knows? Like that film, isn't it, with the rocket ship, wasn't it? What was it called? Oh, it's a brilliant film. Oh, I can't remember it. The world when worlds collide. Yeah, and, and I think also it's possible that this intelligence is monitoring us. That much is is very much evident. But I'll just put one question out there that might puzzle most of you and has puzzled us. A very famous and classic case in 1961 with the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. Very lovely couple. We know their uh, niece Kathleen Marden, brilliant UFO researcher. Now, when the couple were abducted, okay. These beings allegedly came from Zeta Reticuli. My argument is they came all the way from this planet to abduct this couple, and which really did happen. It did occur to these people. But when they did their examination on Barney and Betty, the examiner came back and tried to remove Betty's teeth. They didn't understand anything about false teeth. And my argument is this. Was this the first time they abducted a human with false teeth? So, you know, and the physiology it, it's incredible. Yeah. And I think the phenomena is far more complex than what this intelligence is le leading us to believe. As I said, we, we don't know, but it, it is real. I mean, could the spiritual aspect be them? 
could it be yeah. spiritual could it could yes. this all emanate from the dead you it's know horrible. i've suggested this as well in mm. my book you know your souls are offered redemption um in some form or other we don't know I'm, I've, I've published this in the digital doom and anyway um but we, we just don't we just don't know but it's a fascinating topic on all all grounds you know it's fascinating i'll be very worried if 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 it ever because i only remember one abduction there could have been two but i only report facts as i recall them i'd be very worried if i saw a gray round uh, gray walking around with a pair of my glasses on you know my glasses <laughs> they used to use you see this is another pattern we find with these so-called grays uh, they used to arrive in ships and things you know the old saucers or or triangular ships or, or you know and now they're appearing at the foot of people's beds and appearing through walls in portals has been reported in one of yeah. my um, uh, uh, accounts uh, they just appear through walls so this evidently is for attraction some kind of contact with us they want us to see them this is evident that's another uh, clue uh, okay. which we worked out is that the doctors when I had my abduction uh, snatching in 1982, they were going to perform an alleged operation. So they knocked me out. But why didn't they knock me out before snatching me? Because you want they want you to see them. This is key. They always want you to see them. And someone else mentioned, this wasn't me, someone else mentioned something very relevant. Why do UFOs need lights? Well, it's like moth to flame, isn't it? It's like they want you to see them. Why do they need lights? If they're so advanced, why on earth would they need illumination or lights, you know, flashing on and off, unless they perform some kind of purpose? I don't know. But you see, this is where the evidence begins to crack in, you know, their agenda, their purpose. So they want you to see them. They want you to see, you must see them, you know, because they could just knock you out. They could camouflage their ships. If they're so advanced, they can use camouflage. Of course they can. They're so advanced, they can use anti-gravity propulsion. They can certainly make themselves invisible. They don't because they want to be seen. As to why, we don't know. There's something they gain from it, something. Is it fear? You know, are they promoting fear? I don't what know. What do they feed from? It's, it's weird. It's weird. We, we don't know. But these are interesting questions anyway the deadlights from stephen king's it maybe. yeah it always <laughs> reminds me I, we, we, we always sucking you in this we, we always go back to the brilliant stephen king his oh. it because that in a way it kind of mirrors what's happening because this thing can change itself to suit you know one horror or another I'm not saying this thing's a horror the ufo phenomenon yeah. but you get the gist don't you it seems to be able to change the ships and the occupants or, or, appear differently. or shape into what's in vogue at that particular time within our uh, certain epochs within our development as a species definitely yeah. <laughs> it, you know it, it's one of those subjects that we're never going to really know for sure oh, no anything no, no. you know because i've been reading reports going back to the early 1940s yes you know and it's just amazing and people like, like yourselves are saying there's different types of ufos they appear oh, in different yeah. ways their their movements the way they're doing so there could be so many things why they're mm. appearing in the way they yeah. do yeah and where um, where are they where are the aliens where exactly are they mm -hmm. and this then is, the other theories of different species it. of aliens as well there's you've not got just it. one type of because i'll be honest it. when when i grew up you know you see aliens and they always had the funny boggle head with the funny eyes but now i've got more into this you know everyone's actually coming up with different species of aliens well, and they have well, different yeah well hang on nando let me see if i can find the zip 
<laughs> like a this, scene out of Men in Black, and he just unzip yeah. himself. <laughs> Nando, that's entirely the point. That's right, because there's so many of them. Some people, I mean, I won't name names because I'm respectful, but I think it's hogwash what they're coming out with, you know, being families of them, and there are this species and that species. They don't know. And if they do, they've been told by something that perhaps is deceiving them. Yeah. I mean, it might be genuine. I might be wrong. I might deserve a slap in the face, but I don't trust it. Like Sherlock Holmes, you go back to that that board and you look at it and you think there's something just doesn't add up. Something does not add up with them. There's something wrong with it. I mean, and like you said, I don't think we're ever going to know in our lifetime. I mean, and, and, and the UFO, you know, this new word that they're using openly in the press you know, they would never have used it. And if they had shot one down, they would never announce it. That would be the greatest treasure this earth has ever known. So they will not announce it. So what on earth is going on? Yeah, I will just state here that they use the word going back to that that recent media, um, you know, revelation of the UFOs. They changed the acronym to UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Now, why didn't they use that? And I'll tell you for why, because most people wouldn't know what a UAP was. They wanted to enforce the UFO as a spacecraft from another planet. That's mm. what they intended. So going back, I'm sorry, I know it may seem incidental, but it's very strange, isn't it? When you look at it, always look at the things that, you know, oh, you know, you. but look, look the other way. Look the other way. Look, look the other way. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, look the other way. We, the way we, we don't know what they're doing, but it doesn't sound right. There's something, no, there's there's something, something not right. kicking off, isn't there? Something, no. And it can't be, it's never to our benefit, is it? Let's no, be honest. Really. Um, just a, another quick question from, I believe it's um, Matt Barron. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on the recent inner earth theories? Well, yeah, it, it, it's quite possible. It's very possible. We, as I said, we don't know. I mean, th there could be a, a, a tunnel in Antarctica that leads to some kind of cavernous realm or another world. I mean, yeah, it's it's absolutely possible. We can't knock anything. I know I have suggested my own thoughts on it, but they're personal. But as a whole, we have to be open-minded. Yes, it's quite possible. I remember a film that I love very much, and it's called At the Earth's Core. It, it starred Peter Cushing, and it was about this machine that drilled into the Earth and there was another world. I loved it, especially when Peter Cushing was looking at one of these reptoids, and it was trying to hypnotise him, and he said, You cannot mesmerise me, I'm British! But no, I will tell you to say that now. Yeah, no, we're not. Uh, sovereignty is out the window, isn't yes. it? But I will say there's every possibility to assume, and why not? We're told one thing, but we find most of the time that it's something completely different. I totally accept the hypothesis that there could or could be an inner earth theory. And uh, Admiral Bird was one of the celebrated. Um, pilots going back in the day that came back from, you know, um, from the contact cold, with cold, them, contact with the, the colder regions of our Earth, and uh, brought back this amazing story of seeing this on, on this world and you know subterranean subterranean levels, and it makes you wonder, doesn't it, why these polar regions are restricted? You've got to ask yourself why yeah. they are restricted. I mean, you know that that is a possibility. Every the, possibility. The inner, the inner yeah. Earth, yeah. So but it not? could be where most of them are coming from. Could be underwater. Subterranean levels under the sea, yeah. Absolutely. Underwater, interdimensional, mm. outer space. We mm. don't know, but it's a possibility. Do, does anyone have a ticket? Does anyone Sorry. have a ticket? Does anyone have a ticket to get us there? Um, no, we you don't want to go <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, no. 
I'll go. It's, it's, no. it's one of it's one of those subjects. There's no right or wrong answer because that's right. You yes. can't know for sure. And no. I think this is what's great about talking to you guys. You value that everyone has an opinion and you respect that. Of course, you know. And I think that's so important when we're talking about these sort of subjects because you are going to get people that are going to boohoo it, but mm. it doesn't. You know, it's it's fascinating to know that you've got your theories. Other people have their theories, and oh, we it's just that. great to get yeah. different perspective from different people and what they believe. Oh, yes, oh, I mean, yes. we could um, be wrong. We could be entirely wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I would accept that. But yeah. you know, it's no harm in just thinking uh, outside the box, as it were. You know, but but the thing is, how can anyone prove that you are wrong? It's the same. That's, that's the. And that's what I find great is one of those things that you can't prove. And it's just fascinating because everyone has different stories and your guy, your story is maybe similar to someone else, but is unique yes. to yourselves. And that's correct. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that's great. Um, over the years, you know, you've written a number of books um, like the rock, the rock bottom twins <laughs> and you, the public deceived oh, yes. um, the digital demon count. Down disaster. Um, I think you mentioned earlier on. How do you get your inspiration when writing these sort of books, these fictional books, and you know, getting them into? Publish? It's very hard. Writing is very hard. It, 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 it's not easy. I don't write every day. I play on my PlayStation or Xbox. So, but I get inspiration from that. I think if it, I think I think it's passion more than anything. When you really want to try and say something, you can do it. You can write it down. You can try and get it out there to the people. And, you know, it, it, it's the inspiration is from the truth, I think. The science fiction we've written, I mean, that's based on, you know, like Doctor Who and things like that. And, of course, as I said, people use that against you. you, know, you use it as a weapon to say that you're highly imaginative. We, they've done that to death. I think we can just poo-poo that one, you know. But yeah. it, it is uh, the the inspiration is through trying to get the truth out or trying to understand the truth, which we're not going to at the moment. Margaret Thatcher said it quite candidly, didn't she? We can't tell the people. So whatever they know, it's very interesting. And it doesn't seem very good either, does it? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I structure a book. I have an idea of what I'm writing about. And all of my books, far from the few that, you know, we've we've had a lot of books published by conventional, by mainstream publishers. They're all out of print oh, now. It wasn't easy. Don't it wasn't easy. It was no. hard. No. Um, but then you know, we're, we're now published under Philip Mental's Flying Disc Press. Yeah. And I kind of like have a plan or an idea of what I want to write about. And I think it's important for any would-be authors or writers out there to, um, you know, believe in yourself and, and, you know, you can do it. It is very hard. You have to have a structured system. And, of course, it's almost like an, a, a kind of like a debate, as it were. It's like you're arguing against yourself when you're writing. But it's yeah. good to structure. But it's, Mine, not, it's not just that. It's like when you've had it published, you're then attacked because people will attack you. Oh, you'll work. get that anyway. Yeah, but yeah. My, my books range around the psychic phenomena, UFO phenomena, and um, I just care passionately and want the truth like all of us. I'm not one of these people that walks you know, walks down the yellow brick road, arm in arm or laughing, and it's all lovey-dovey. I want the truth like many other people, and I'm, I'm intent in getting the truth. And it's fascinating to look at other areas, even though you have, like I have, got my own theories or my own theoretical models that I've been working with, I am still very open to, and have to be to other all forms of speculation involved with it, all aspects of the phenomena. So, you know, unfortunately, when you get involved with this kind of uh, subject matter, whether or not these psychic phenomena, paranormal investigations or ufology or cryptozoology, you will definitely be going down, uh, you know, Alice's 
um, tunnel. I have a, a picture in front of me that reminds me of that, of a, a, from, from Arthur Rackham, who did the original pictures of Alice in Wonderland. And one of the pictures I have that reminds me of that is Alice falling down the tunnel with all the packs of cards coming down with her. And that is a, a nice reminder. Every time I write, I look at that and I think, yeah, we're definitely going down that tunnel. And we're going to go even deeper. deeper. <laughs> <laughs> and with your books, I'm not sure if you have, um, but have you written books based on your experiences as well? Yes. And which books would they relate to if people wanted to go and find them? What books are they? Uh, mine is in You, The Public Deceived, The Grand UFO Deception, um, A Passage Through Eternity, The Enigma of the Dead UFOs and Aliens, um, Sky Crash Throughout Time. And there are some of the other books were published by other publishers out of print. Um, I think that I can't remember if there's another one, but I do have a new one I'm working uh, that I that's coming out later this year. Sorry, and I'm working on another one now. I've only done two on the paranormal because it took me a bit longer to gain confidence to come out with it. But the first one was called Twin Souls, and that was published in 2012 12 by Cattle Ban. Uh, it's out of print now. But the new one is by Philip Mantle's Flying Disc Press, the wonderful Philip Mantle. It's called The Digital Demon Countdown to Disaster. And I go into a lot of theories. It, it also um, expresses my encounter uh, with the doctors or the so-called alleged doctors. It also has art of mine in there as well, because I'm an artist, as you know, Nando. I was, gonna say, I was just about to step on that, because yeah. uh, on your website, there's some brilliant artwork that you guys can... Do you want to just give your website a shout-out so people can go and have a look at that? Yeah, it's www.thekinsolatwins.com. On the art section, you'll be able to see my art. I don't... It's not um, AI because we have to express that now. It's not AI at all, because I rendered them using ZBrush. Um, it's, uh, and there's no cheating. This it took me 10 years to reach the level of what I've reached. And I mainly do demons as well. So that, uh, to one person's distaste on Facebook, when I posted it up, he basically said, my images are hideous. And I thought, well, that's the whole idea, isn't it? Demons aren't, uh, you know, a, they're not nice things. Like a lot of it, when you look at it, they're not. Yeah. They're not something pretty like a flower, are they? Let's be honest. They're I'm not... drawn to them. I, I just don't know what it is. The reptilian aspects. I don't know why. Subconsciously, I'm just drawn to it. As I said, I think that it's because they um, they have more texture to them, the scales and everything. Yep. Mm. In answer to the question, you can find all our books on our website, www.thekinsellatwins.com. There's sections on there, you'll see all the books, those out of print and those in, you can still get. To and them. also on Amazon UK or from Flying Disc uh, Press, uh, Philip Mantle's mm -hmm. Flying Disc, that's with a K, Disc mm -hmm. yeah. Press. And just Thank to you. mention, when you go on their website, if you actually click on the book, it sends you into a link to Amazon where you can actually see what, what um, versions right. you, can, you can download it on the Kindle, you can actually get hard copies as well. So click on the picture of the book that you're looking at and it will take you right to Amazon so you can purchase it. Um, so that's brilliant. Um, last question of the evening. Um, you know, I know that you've got a book coming out, um, Phil, you just, Philip, you just yes. said. But yeah. what other projects have you got coming up that we can all look forward to seeing or hearing about on your website? Uh, yeah, I'm working on a, a new book for Philip Mantle. I haven't made it a public yet really as some people know but it is to continue my research into the ufo paradox uh, it goes further into them you know uh, uh, 
the history of the UFOs and also some new conclusions I've drawn up theories. I've, uh, I have a new UFO book um, coming out um, later this year. I'm very excited about that. The cover that Ronnie's done is rather chilling. It's dark. Dark. We like the dark, uh, we don't, don't we? Oh, it <laughs> certainly gives me great comfort uh, when I see that cover. It is, it'll scare a lot of people to death, I think. But anyway, um, that is called Terrestrial Trespassers. I can announce that title. That will be out later this year about the greys and, of course, areas of high strangeness. I am currently working on a brand new UFO book. Um, that is going to go into the abduction hypothesis on a much deeper level because I wanted to have enough, um, you know, time uh, to really delve into a few other theoretical models that I've been thinking about. And, uh, you know, that, that will be probably coming up with another publisher. Um, I have an offer from someone already. So that, that is what I, and then of course I'll, I'm working, I'll be working on another psychic book. I do have a psychic book out there called Guardians of the Dead, um, that I wrote. Uh, my other one from the other publishers is out of print, Reaching for the Divine, and don't buy it on Amazon because people are asking for ridiculous amounts of money for them when you're being published by conventional publishers, and then they, the people grab them and then they sell them for ridiculous after it's amounts after scalpers. Scalpers. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a faster writer than I am. I'm a bit slow. <laughs> That's pretty. Um, there was one question that's just coming out. I'm just going to read it from Greg Koss. Do the Kinsellas have any kind of in the states kin in the, in the states, states. Yeah. um I other don't... than we we do have an auntie that lives out there but we're not we haven't been in contact for many years that was linked to my stepfather's side of the family we, we don't know, no, other no, than no. That. know. Um, it's quite a common name kinsella i think it's mm-hmm. actually i think it's irish yes it but is. they pronounce it's it as kinsella i think the irish mm-hmm. we're not irish but they pronounce it as kinsella mm-hmm. our grandfather was irish anyway. I know I said that was the last question, right? But there was one, and I'll get into trouble. My ten-year-old um, asked a question. <laughs> we we had um, Bold and Bonkers on a couple of weeks ago, and they they're sort of into the UFOs as well and those sort of theories. And one of the questions, and he's uh, he asked me to mention it tonight, is what are your theories on the pyramids? Were oh. they man-made or were they something else? Can I ask that I think, question to you guys? I think Graham Hancock has got it down to a T. From my understanding yeah. is that and through what I've looked into in the past, and not from me, but from great authors like Graham Hancock and many other researchers and investigators, I think that they have been built or generated by something other than humans. And there's been a lot of evidence to secure this data, because when you start looking into the areas of the, fink, the sphinx and water marks on it, uh, and the, the, the wearing of the rock material and the building of them, we can't even replicate them today with all of our med- modern technology. And what does that tell you? Well, they couldn't even lift the granite blocks, <laughs> could they? I mean, what did they have to lift them? And other than levitation, they and as you, all I would say to your your wonderful son is when he's, uh, I'm sure he probably can understand it. Get Graham Hancock's books on those, and then he'll tell you exactly what he thinks. That's and that we're on the same page with that, Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock, I'll mention that. That's perfect. Mm. Well, um, I just want to say thank you to the both of you for being part of the show tonight. Oh, thank you. Um, well, it's thank been you. a pleasure to finally get to meet you guys. You know, thank I know you, my, the PTTP team got the pleasure to meet you last year. Um, and just listening to your theories, your experience has been absolutely brilliant. And thank you for sharing that openly 
on the show. Um, we do we do have a sense of humour as well. You know, that's very much needed when you're dealing with these very dark subject matters. You need to hold on to sanity some way. And, and it's been great. And especially, like, you know, you two being twins, a lot of people will most probably, you know, stereotype that you guys would agree to everything. And to see the difference in your belief, it's just great. Mm. And how great you guys, you know, like you, Ronald, you, you're very quick. Your face is sort of went, no, I don't agree with that. And it was great. Right. Um, I'm easy to read. <laughs> it, it, it's, it was just fantastic to, you know, have the opportunity. And now I would love to invite you back on in the future when you've done some more stuff and, oh, you know, catch you. up yes, with you guys. Especially where you're saying about the seven years and, you know, seeing oh. if something else might happen. Uh, well, if we, well, if we disappear, <laughs> you know it's happened. <laughs> you can go with them. I'm not. I'll shove into them. If I, mess it, if I message Ronald and ask for an update and can you come back on the you don't get back to me, I know you guys are gone then. It'll be. Um, but yes, just a few people saying, um, Jenny from Ireland, really fantastic show. Um, Kate, very interesting. Thank you. Um, you know, thank you again um, for being part of it. And we look forward to bringing you back on and having a catch up in the future. And we, thank, and we also thank all of those wonderful uh, souls who have, have taken the time to, to link in and just to remind them that they are just as important as anyone else. Oh, we're the so same, we're all we? connected. Thank we're you, Nando, and thank, thank you, you to your lovely listeners. And thank you, you very much. Guess. Yes. Yeah, it's been, it's been absolutely awesome. But I'll let you guys get on. Um, thank, thank you, Greg. You. Awesome show. Um, we hope to catch up with you again. Um, but I'll let you guys get on. I'll do a thank little you. finish up and, you know, just thank you. To thank you very much. much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care of Take yourself. Care. God bless you. Thank right. you. Take both. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, um, what a show. Absolutely great to be able to speak to both Ronald and Philip. And thank you for all of you for, again, as always, tuning in. Um, awesome comments. You know, it's great to get the support and, you know, everyone taking the time to be part of our show. Um, you know, thank you for all the awesome comments. Uh, we really appreciate how you guys support our show. Um, we will be back soon. Um, we will be going live this weekend, hopefully. We've got two investigations. Um, so look out for that. But thank you, Matt. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, but for now, thank you again, guys, for taking part. And, you know, thank you to the Casella Twins. We would definitely have them back on and see what happens with them in the future. Um, but for now, it's bye from me, and I'm sure I'll see you guys soon. So everyone, take care. <laughs>